Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way, as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Now, before we get into the the bulk of the episode, I was thinking, should we have a new tagline for the show? And then I was thinking, can I come up with a tagline? Maybe. Can Brooksy? Maybe. Should we just crowdsource a new tagline? Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah. Get the listeners. Yeah. What should, what is Eureka to you? Because we're sort of thinking, like, getting under the skin of science, sort of, I don't mind it, but I feel like we can do better. Yeah, I mean, we were really pleased with it when I came up with it before we started. Excuse me? Everyone was really pleased with it, and and they thought, oh, yeah, that's exactly it. I I agree with that part. Yeah. I don't agree with you coming up with it. Oh, really? We're going to go there, are we? This happens every time we ever do anything. I come up with stuff and then we... And then you, and then you, you remember. it now? Yeah, I can't believe yeah, of course I Yes. No. Yeah, it was me. It, it was me. I mean... Uh, we're going to go back. Uh, yeah, exec producer Luke archives. will tell us that it yeah. was me. Okay. Anyway, um, I think we should get a new tagline. So uh, sum yeah, yeah. up. But I want it to be, you know, grabby. Right. But I don't really know what. Okay. You got any ideas? No. Since you came up all. with the last one. No, I'm, I've done my bit. Mm, sure. So yeah, if you've got any ideas for a good grabby tagline for the show, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're at EurekaPod. Or you can send us an email, eureka at stack.london. Uh, stack is just S-T-A-K dot London. What are we What are we actually talking about today? Uh, we're going to be discussing something that you and I have talked about quite a lot, which is eating meat. We are not very good <sighs> no. at No. Well, we, we say certain things, and then I'm not sure that we follow through on what we think we should do. Um, I I avoid meat. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's a, like one of those labels, like not really flexitarian. I, I actively sort of try not to eat meat, except sometimes I do. Mm. It's, I mean, it's not it's great. Not, no, no, but it's better than not even thinking about it. I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I think I am. So. I am really bad. The only thing that I'm good on is not eating octopus. Yeah, e- everything else. I'm. Uh, Are I'm, you still I'm, eating pigs? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Which is inexcusable. Yeah, it and is. I know that it is. Um, and I have. To, I do have to stop at some point. But, I love but you're pigs. not going to, are you? Because lo- you've been lo- saying this for years. Yeah. You love pigs. I love, well, I, yeah. lo- I love pigs, but also I love uh, pig products. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
It is very, very difficult. I sometimes get a, just a massive craving for either it's, it's either steak or chicken. And it's a really specific sort of mm. sense of like, I have to have that. And my body's just like absolutely craving it. And then I will usually cave. Is? Do you think your body is craving I don't know. It? Cravings are a really interesting mm. thing because mm. I, I think they are a kind of unconscious processing of something that's missing yeah. sometimes. And, and the, the last time I had a massive, massive meat protein craving was when I'd gone for a massage and this was a deep tissue massage and this woman had absolutely pummeled me mm-hmm. and and I came out of it sort of just wanting to curl up in a ball and fall asleep but also wanting to eat a massive amount of chicken and did you? I didn't no I, I sort of resisted it and yeah. resisted it and then eventually that sort of feeling went away but it, it was like such a strong craving Quite funny to imagine you having a real deep tissue massage and then going straight to KFC. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> that, would, that would have been my ideal situation. I, I had a she KF- should open up across the road from a KFC, actually. They could do it like a deal. Yeah, I had a KFC yesterday. And Did that's, you? Uh, that's no good, is that's it? That's so bad. So dirty. On so many levels. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, can't, I mean, I can't Were the, were the chickens it. well kept that you ate? Oh. Well, let's just say yes, shall we? Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm kind of... I'm interested in 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 veganuary. I think. Yeah. Um. I've I've tried going vegan before. Yeah. It lasted genuinely for mm, five weeks. That's not bad, is it? No, I found it really difficult. You're, you're an oat milk guy, though. Now, aren't yeah, you? yeah, 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 yeah. That that side of things not not too bad. Although I sort of I think I still prefer cow's milk on cereal, but. See, I don't mind oat milk anywhere apart from in a cup of tea. Oh, yeah, it's it's bad. It's disgusting. It's bad in tea, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I really missed... The thing that I missed was eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the the big miss. I'm not giving up eggs. And I got some sort of fake egg. Oh, did you get that chickpea stuff? Vegan egg. Yeah. uh, And did a a, a scrambled egg. Well, And how disappointing was it on a scale of one to ten? Well, 10 on the disappointment scale. It was absolutely vile. <laughs> it was so... It looked quite good. Yeah, yeah. I served it up to <laughs> me and Emery and we were like, this might be okay. And then, well, this isn't okay. <laughs> but then I do sort of think that people will probably crack that. Like you, you, someone will Hello. come up with something that... Um, yeah, very good. Um, that is a, a passable facsimile. Yeah, well, I mean, presumably what you used was the, like, I can't remember what it's called, chickpea juice, isn't it? It's... Um, no, I, so I actually ordered it in from like America or something. Like someone oh. said they'd done a really great job. I got like the best possible egg substitute right. and it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was, uh, yeah, it was fairly disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a big problem with eggs. I mean, I guess people, maybe there are issues do, about though, don't they? keeping chickens and yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I kind of, you know, there's there's so many ethical issues. And, and to be honest, I don't think we're even going to get into the ethical issues today. It's really just about whether we need to eat meat or not. You know, like, that that's kind of what we're looking at and, and some of the implications of eating meat. But basically, it's like, do we really need to? Humans love meat. Chicken wings, beef burgers, wagyu beef, bacon... Eating meat has become such an intrinsic part of our lives that many people don't even feel like they've had a full meal unless there's a bit of meat on the plate. But that hasn't always been the way. Only a few decades ago, meat was a luxury, not the norm. Now meat consumption is on the rise across the world, 
with global meat consumption more than doubling since 1990 and no signs of levelling off. Despite its popularity, meat is one of the most inefficient ways to feed humans, with our meaty diet using up more and more of the planet's resources. Surely, in the 21st century, we don't need to farm animals for their flesh. That's why this week we're asking, will humans always eat meat? So today we've got Dr. Melanie Joy as our expert, and mm-hmm. she is the author of a book called Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs and Wear Cows, <laughs> which title. is brilliant. Yeah. That is such a good title, um, uh, which coincidentally is being re-released. I mean, who knows whether it's really a coincidence or whether it's an appearance on the Eureka podcast changes everything, really. I think there is a connection, but I think that the, the, the causality is going in the other direction. Oh, do you think yeah. so? <laughs> yes, I do, yeah. So the book is all about the psychology of why we eat certain animals, but not others. And uh, she's uh, Dr. Melanie is also behind the charitable organisation Beyond Carnism, uh, which focuses on not just the psychology of eating animals, but also kind of the broad relationship, the psychology of injustice and achieving social transformations and, and just sort of, she's basically trying to change the world. Well, good luck to her. Yeah. Well, let's, let's try and help. Um, how did you kick things off? So I asked her what we know about the history of humans eating meat. I mean, evolutionarily, we know that humans have eaten meat as part of an omnivorous diet for thousands and thousands of years. There's no question of that. You know, the amount of meat that we have eaten is is infinitesimal compared to the amount that we've been eating since the Industrial Revolution. But we have been, you know, as gatherer hunters, you know, it's 98, I think, percent of our diet for much of the time was was made of plants and 2% was made of animals. But we ate meat back then because we had to. Humans ate animals in order to survive. Today, some people eat animals because they have to. Some people don't have a choice. They're not economically, you know, they're economically disadvantaged or geographically unable to make their food choices freely. Many people don't eat animals because they have to. They eat animals because they choose to. They eat animals because it's what they've always done and it's what they've learned to do. It's true, isn't it? I mean, you know that... that it's a choice. Yes, I do. I do. So, I mean, it started out a long, long time ago. So, so if you go back to our sort of distant ancestors, so you go back about two and a half million years, mm-hmm. the sort of hominins then were mostly eating vegetables, fruits, berries, you know, things that they yeah. they could forage and, and subsist on, you know, sort of fruit seeds, flowers, you know, lots of stuff like that, and tubers that they could dig up yeah, yeah, from the yeah. earth. Trying to uh, avoid getting eaten as well. Also about, trying to avoid point. getting yeah. eaten, yeah, yeah. And and then there was a, a climate shift about this time. Everything got really a lot hotter and drier, and uh, basically the plant stuff started to disappear. It wasn't as abundant. As abundant. It wasn't mm-hmm. as available. Um, and so um, basically humans had to find new sources of energy, uh, started scavenging meat, they think sort of initially so you you know you'd find like saber-toothed tigers had killed something and and not finished off everything on the carcass and you can get a sharpened bit of stone and you can take off some meat for yourself mm-hmm. and uh and so we started doing that you know you could chew and chew and chew it and because we weren't cooking at that point yeah i say we i mean they really yeah and uh and and didn't have the right teeth either so a lot of people talk about like you know, we've got canines, therefore we must be like designed to eat meat. 
but actually we don't have the sort of blade-like teeth at the back of the mouth that like cats, mm. lions have. So um, so we don't like have the right equipment really. So you know you can use a knife, obviously. So we we started using tools uh, to to do that. But basically we were foraging meat that was killed by something else. But presumably, yeah, the the advent of um fire or rather us being able to control fire that must have been a a game changer because then suddenly you can start preparing the meat in a way that is edible to us with the tools that we do have yeah so i mean so if you fast forward to two million years ago you know we're sort of scavenging meat but we get more and more sort of um meat into our diets and actually our intestine starts to shrink you don't need to sort of have such a long intestine we change the way and meat is a really high density energy thing so so because you need to eat you need yeah, to eat, eat less, less of it. meat to get as yeah. many calories so, so that's good so our brains start growing because we you know we can get bigger brains because we can feed them for the energy and then yeah we learn to cook which is only about eight hundred thousand years ago the the sort of first evidence of, of actually cooking things but that you know is like pre-digestion so that releases even yeah. more energy from the meat and all of a sudden you know we've got these big brains that use a massive amount of energy like they consume 20 percent of the energy that we we um need so you've got to keep feeding them and the best way to keep feeding them is really to eat meat because that's the high energy density food so you kind of get locked into the whole meat eating thing because of that mm. um because you know at that time that was you know that was the easiest way to get calories in um and and the quickest you know is you is you know getting some meat cooking it and um, so, so we're hooked on meat at this point, right? So mm-hmm. you have to have it because now we've got the, the big brain. You've got to feed it. You've got to feed it. Yeah. So, uh, so you sort of get to that, that point where you're just like, okay, well, meat is the kind of easiest way to do it. But it doesn't mean that we were like evolutionarily designed to eat meat. It's just, you know, we, we now have these brains and, and, we, um, and we have to, to feed them. I suppose you have to be slightly careful about that as a... As an explanation, though, because evolution is sort of ongoing and has no end, and we've sort of ended up in a scenario where we do need to eat meat. Well, no, so... we sort of we don't now because we can not, find no, 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 ca- but yeah. at, at that at that time, time we did, yeah. It wasn't really yeah. a choice, yeah. as such. It's not sort of outside of our nature. It's just sort of where we've yeah. ended up on yeah. on that on that path, isn't yeah. It? Yeah, and it's you know there are certain cultures where because you know we need a certain range of vitamins and 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 other n- nutrients basically that and you you know you have to get them from somewhere. Meat is a good source for for many of those things, and there are cultures where you know they don't really do vegetables. Don't bother like Inuit cultures, mm. for instance. You know they're getting um, all of their vitamins from consuming sort of you know sea sea creatures effectively fish and um, amazingly and stuff, yeah. yeah so so you can get um you know caribou liver obviously not famously not a sea creature hmm. but that has 24 milligrams of vitamin c per 100 grams which is a lot seal brain close to 15 milligrams so so the idea of getting like vitamin c from you know caribou is is maybe sort of slightly counterintuitive when we think oh you know you have to eat your fruits and mm. your vegetables for, mm. for that kind of thing and you can get vitamin a from you know from fish and sea mammals um livers animals livers so like seal livers full of vitamin a so so you can you you basically can get the nutrition you need from the stuff that's in your environment but you obviously want to choose the sort of easiest way possible 
And, you know, we are famously good at making things very easy for ourselves to the point yeah. where, you know, we industrialize it. So, yeah. so you know, it's... Um, I once ate a bit of um, cured seal meat. How was it? Um, absolutely disgusting. But sort of disgusting on two levels as was well. It worse, was it worse than the, the uh, fake egg? Yeah, I'd say it was worse than the fake egg. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, one, because I'm like, I don't... I, I was. I, it was essentially... If I impolite not to, and it was being filmed, um, so I was just like, I don't want to eat seal, but I'm in a situation yeah, where I'm going yeah, to have to eat. Yeah. So I'm already against it. And then the actual taste of this stuff, I mean, it was d- genuinely disgusting. And I'm, I'll eat anything pretty much. I'm not, not a fussy. What was eater. disgusting about it? Uh, was it the really, texture? The texture wasn't great, but a really, I think the cured. I may be interested, I mean, I don't want to, but maybe interested to try some just sort of uh, normally prepared seal meat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but cured, Fresh. sort of intensified yeah. its flavour, and it was just really sort of o- overwhelming, sort of quite, actually just quite fishy as well. It's just yeah, well, it really, would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, really weird. I, I, yeah. I did not enjoy it. But I suppose that the if, if you if you strip eating back to, you know, what what it is for, well, all animals, really... You're just trying to get uh, energy, yeah, and then materials for your cells, and then some of the stuff that your body can't make, like molecules yeah, that your body yeah. can't make. That that's sort of yeah, it. that's what it's about. It's yeah. not about it's not about taste. It's not. It's just like get the stuff in that you need. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it sounds like yeah, you you can do that just by eating animals. Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah, sack off the plants. So uh, I'm wondering if, if that's it. Well, it's not because. Maybe, do you well, think we're eating too many plants? We should be eating yeah. more, more meat. <laughs> That's our veganuary message. <laughs> You've got it all wrong, guys. You've got it all wrong. Be more Inuit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that's not the message we want yeah, to take yeah. away. No, no. Um, but but it but it is quite funny. Um, so given that you can get all of this stuff from 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 animals, why are we kind of or do I feel like we're told quite a lot that meat-heavy diets are unhealthy? Well, they are in the way that we consume them. So, so because we consume so much, because we consume a lot of this stuff. So, mm. so therefore, you know, with red meat, you increase your risk of colorectal cancer. Uh, we process meat famously into either you know KFC or hot dogs or bacon. You know all the hung, you know the pastrami, it's the kind of salami. Yeah, yeah, it's all processed meat, and it's all increasing your your chance of developing certain uh, illnesses. Um, I mean, it, it's sort of interesting that lots of dairy products can actually sort of um, mitigate those things. Mm. So if you, if you eat, you know, not too much of them, and with certain other combinations like garlic and olive oil, you can actually, you know, the stuff in those. Um, there's chemicals inside the garlic and in the olive oil which will inhibit the uptake of the problematic parts of those those meats and those processed meats. Can, can I can I raise uh, not really an objection but a, um, a a concern? Is there not going to be quite a lot of confounding factors when you look at? Um, sort of frequency of of these kind of yes. diseases amongst meat eaters because Massively. I'm just thinking surely. The group of people who are eating loads of meat, there's some other stuff yeah. going on yeah. that might be contributing. Yeah. It's quite hard to strip away. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's a bit like, you know, when you go out and have 12 pints of Guinness and then a packet of crisps and then you throw up and say, those crisps were off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, you've got this sort of situation where you know, to do this kind of research is really quite difficult and, and mm. you have to take all the conclusions with a bit of a pinch of salt. But what we do know is that if you're cooking meat in a certain way, like grilling it, you know, searing it, burning it on the surface, you are creating things on the surface there, chemicals that, that are not great for you. So but you are get delicious. <laughs> which are delicious. <laughs> so you get heterocyclic amines, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which are delicious mm. and increase your chances of, of developing cancers. Oh. I know, I know. Um heme iron in red meat has been shown to promote colorectal tumors. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, but I mean, again, you have to eat a lot of this stuff, right? Now that's my that's my um, that's my anaesthetic operation I was telling you about. Oh, is it? Yeah, guy going up the old ass. Oh. And, uh, well, it's better than the other one. Having a poke, yeah, it is still better than the other one. Having a poke around and then getting rid of some business. Nice. Okay. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. yeah looking forward to hearing all about that. <laughs> and you will. <laughs> I'll get some pics for you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm all right for that. I don't mind internal pics, to be honest. But yeah, that's just, what I'm saying. It's yeah. just the, the you know I don't want to see the entrance. No, 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 no. I'll just show you the tunnel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so processed meat is bad like burnt meat is bad why why, why is processed meat bad um because uh, we process it with chemicals um right. you you basically engender uh, things called n nitroso compounds uh, which again are carcinogenic so you know you have to sort of basically reduce your intake of of processed meats and I mean, you should just have a, you know, if you're going to eat meat, you, could, you should just have a small and reasonable amount of meat, mm. not eat bacon, mm. which, you know, you're processing and then you're grilling. Mm. Yeah, But yeah, bacon yeah. is delicious. What is the, um, what's that process called? Like the browning on the outside of stuff. It's got a special name, oh, hasn't it? And it's, it, it's so tasty, but you're telling me that it's, um, you're telling me it's bad for Yeah, me. yeah. The Maillard reaction. That's it, yeah. That's the one, yeah. And it basically, you know, I think it, it just makes makes things taste really nice. And I am not one for saying, you know, that you shouldn't have it because it might increase your chances of developing cancer. As long as you're sensible about it and not eating yeah. too much of it. I mean, this is this is one of the problems with this whole thing is that actually when you do the stats of, the, of all the, you know, the recommendations about cancer and everything else, you know, they can get really sort of mis- communicated mm. so there was a there was a story that came out a few years ago where a daily bacon sandwich increases the likelihood of bowel cancer by 20% and the sun ran a headline the sun ran a headline careless pork costs lives <laughs> yeah i mean which, I, which I, is it's I, very good i really I, I i can't ever give that disgusting rag uh, any credit but that is quite a good headline. Yeah. but the point is that actually your your average uh, if you're an average joe the, the chance of getting bowel cancer is about five percent okay yeah so increasing that by 20 percent basically 6%. puts it up to six percent so yeah. you actually increased it by one percent with a daily bacon sandwich now i'm thinking most people aren't having a daily bacon sandwich anyway no they're probably having you know maybe one a week yeah Maybe two a week, even. Yeah. But that again, so that so so that sort of you get that in your head then that having a bacon sandwich is going to kill you. I, I think but it's not. It's no, it, it's it's you it, know it's such a common confusing bit of reporting. I think yeah. when you say twenty percent increase, for example, when 
the the sort of risk before that is low. Yeah, like it's and it's so like, because actually, yeah, exactly. if the headline yeah. was increases from five percent chance to six percent chance, people are just like, it, well, it wouldn't even make the newspapers. No, it wouldn't. Would it? People would just be like, well, that's fine actually. Yeah. Because it's five percent anyway, which is you know you sort of think, oh god, that's not great. Yeah, and if you told me six percent, I'd say, oh, that's not great. But I wouldn't change my life not because great, of it. But, um, I really like bacon sandwiches. Yeah, it feels like you know. I mean, you've just told me risk. really that life's too short. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so going back to what you were saying about the the climatic changes, so the, the yeah. getting hotter and drier, and and the, the abundance of of plants being reduced, and that being why we first started to sort of scavenge meat. Yeah. Interesting then that I assume our current sort of meat addiction is having a big impact on our climate. Yes, massively. We'll get to that. Let me just tell you about. So there's a really interesting thing I came across. Uh, you can get like all of the nutrients that you need from a vegan diet. It's true, mm-hmm. except for it seems like vitamin B12 is the thing that you can't get. Mm-hmm. So so. Be vegan, but but you'll get probably get deficiencies in vitamin B12. And there's a guy called Tim Spector. You must yeah, have come across yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, runs so, the Zoe app. Yeah, he runs mm. the Zoe app. He's a really really well respected scientist. He's basically gone vegan um, and says everything's fine, but he's testing himself as well to see. And, and he basically has a massive shortage of of B12. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, the only thing that fixes it. Like, you know, he's sort of done the supplements that, that vegans recommend, but it hasn't really restored the amounts that he needs. Yeah. Uh, he said, I could get injections of, of B12 on a regular basis, but that's not really the way I want to go. So what he's done is he, he says, I'll have a rare steak like once or twice a month. Mm. And that actually pushes his B12 up to, to where it needs to be. Because there's that curious thing, isn't there? Um, which is not, not me saying that it's a waste of time taking vitamins and supplements, but... The absorption of those vitamins in supplements is much, much worse than if it's in food. Yeah, yeah, like, or, or across yeah. the board, pretty yeah. much. So, yeah. so yeah, you you can take B twelve tablets, and it won't really touch the sides. Well, this is it, and this is why you know when you read the supplement bottles, they say you know take with a meal or something because actually you know you yeah. need to have these things in combination with other things to be yeah. to be properly absorbed, you know, or to even have a chance of being absorbed. And why they? sometimes it'll be like, oh, it's a it's a thousand percent of the uh, RDA. And yeah. you're like, what the? And Why it's because have you done that? so so little of it will be absorbed. So you really yeah. you're chucking a load at it. Although I have heard of people overdosing on vitamin D. Like really? getting too much and getting ill from it, yeah. So, you know. I mean, again, this is not a show for medical advice. Please don't take our, our, our oh, advice no, yeah. God, on no, face God, value. No. Not a real doctor, et cetera, no. et cetera. Um But vitamin D you sort of you get from sunlight predominantly. And then in the winter, what do you do? Uh, Where do you it, get it from? You take supplements. That, that's sort of it, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that naturally occurring anything? You get some in, in foods. I but think not, you get some not, in salmon. But not enough. I don't think maybe. you get enough. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so basically, you know, what you can do if you're not going to be vegan, if you're not going to do veganuary, opt for things like grass-fed beef and um, leaner cuts of meat and don't be grilling stuff all the time mm. um you know you can you can bake it 
I mean, it's just like nobody's going to do this, are they? Yeah. Nobody, oh, nobody wants their uh, poached steak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, it looks really anemic. So yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Such yeah. a terrible a, idea. A grey, soggy steak. Yeah. Just don't eat it all the time. I, I, I will still grill a steak. Yeah. I just won't do it more than like once a month, or even probably once every two months, or something like that. Mm. So I don't eat it all the time. And I'm covering the fucker in salt and then <laughs> and I'm sealing it on a very hot pan. I mean, you know. Yeah, because life's too short. Yeah. 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 Basically. So um on to issues of climate change. So we we um we are destroying the planet with meat through its climate changing effects. There's no two ways about it. Uh, and I asked Dr. Melanie about that. So on one hand, things have changed in various ways. It is true that meat production has increased in some places in the world. Meat consumption is also decreasing. And so when you look at the type of animal consumed, that is, all, that is changing. More and more people are waking up to the reality of what's happening to animals and are saying no. However, the machine of carnistic production is, of course, increasing its output and exporting its problems. Like big tobacco, big agriculture is exporting its problems to places in the world where people have, you know, are, are less able to resist it. We know that animal agriculture is a leading driver of, as the UN says, some of the most serious environmental problems facing the world today, not the least of which is climate change. And yet many climate advocates do not engage with animal agriculture. It actually gets sidelined in conversations about climate change. Did she say carnistic? Yeah. As in in carnism? Yeah. So so she believes in this, believes, she has sort of, identified, I would say, this thing called carnism, which is our sort of unspoken belief that it's okay to just use other animals as, you know, things that we eat and wear and, you know, and process for our, our other needs. And it is is this kind of almost conditioning that we grow up with, mm-hmm. that this is just normal, this is just how life is. And, and people rarely re- question it. Uh, it yeah, I, I mean, I... I totally agree, and I do, I do sort of quite strongly feel that in, I don't even know how long, probably not that long, like a hundred years, we will look back on this period when we were butchering, I mean, billions of animals yeah. every yeah. every year in yeah. these huge warehouses in these terrifying sort of mega farms, and uh, just be like, what the f-? like that is. So barbaric and savage, and I don't think people will be. But it's it's been it's it's sort of cleverly orchestrated in some senses, in that you just never see it, and you just it you just, don't see it. I mean, they literally they keep these things away from us, don't yeah, they? So yeah. so you know, especially in in America where they have these massive mega factory farms where they like just put all the animals in in one place together, yeah. and industrialize the whole process. And we'll massively. never allow. A camera in, they'll no. never allow. Like it's just, it's it's closed yeah. off. It's just you. Basically, you don't want to see what goes on in here. Yeah, yeah. And and people basically say, yeah, no, I don't. Fine, yeah. just give me, you know, give me my KFC and my Big yeah. Mac, and yeah. that, that's absolutely fine. And and that's just the conditioning. That's the way we've all grown up. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear somebody say, you know, have you ever thought about how barbaric it is, or have you ever thought about how the pig feels about going to slaughter? You're just like, I, mm. I don't want to. No. Thank you. 
And, no. and that's the extent of our defence against it, is not to acknowledge it. So that's what she means by well, carnism. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually, the thing is, you can't... I, I don't think you can defend it. I think it is an indefensible thing. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I, re- I genuinely can't think of a sort of a, a, of an advocacy that would make any sense for the sort of industrial scale on which... No, on I mean, people... I've had friends them. say to me, well, at least, you know by raising cows for beef and dairy, you know, they get to have a, a life and they get to exist. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. I'm like, that's not an argument at all. No. Because you could actually say the same about raising human babies for meat. Yeah. Couldn't you? It's like, we give them a nice childhood. Yeah. They have a really nice time. And I then... feel like that would go down badly. <laughs> it's a really hard okay, sell. I'll cancel that start. Yeah. <laughs> You and your island full of babies. And what's he doing with the babies? Well, he's, yeah, After this a is, certain point, when they're no longer useful to science. Yeah, then they, uh, well, yeah. He's, he's serving them up. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's sort of barbaric, isn't it? It's definitely barbaric, but we yes. don't like to think about it. No. And, you know, so you make that sort of I'm not eating octopus distinction because you know so much about octopus yeah. and you know about octopus's level of consciousness and you're just uncomfortable yeah. with taking that away from them. Yeah. So a friend of mine who's who's um, vegan, actually, I said, you know, why are you vegan? And he said, he said, I don't like the idea of removing consciousness from the world. It's like any level of consciousness. I don't feel comfortable yeah. with it. I thought that was a really good take on it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've, you know, I think I've told you before about the woman who studies animal consciousness, a researcher yeah. who says, you know, she says, you know, I've studied all these animals and, and every animal I eat, I, every animal I study, I never eat because I just can't eat them. And she said, I will never study cows. Yeah. <laughs> just like, cause she, because she knows that you can't square it. You, no. you you can't make sense of it. No, I don't think you can. I mean, I, I had a uh, a wobble quite recently, where I don't know if you remember this, but someone somewhere is uh, is starting a, like an octopus farm. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was obviously <laughs> apoplectic about it. <laughs> and then, but then immediately you're just like, well, Pigs are, at at the very least, as sentient yeah. as as octopuses. Yeah, yeah. Why am I not? <laughs> why yeah, why yeah. am I not concerned about the vast sort of uh, industrial agricultural well, complex yeah, that I is had this, murdering them? I had this when I I had lunch a few years ago with Peter Singer, the animal rights yeah, sort of yeah. you know philosopher. philosopher and yeah. he's been vegan since the nineteen since nineteen seventy, I think it was. Mm. Uh, I made the mistake of inviting him to lunch. And of course it was the worst meal I've ever had. Because he just went through the menu and was like, No, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. And uh and I said, Well, you know, I don't eat octopus. And he said, Well, if you're not eating octopus, you definitely shouldn't be eating pigs. No, he's right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what can I have here? Yeah. And he's like, well, there's this chickpea water. That's exactly what, yeah. <laughs> basically, I think I went down the avocado road in the end. Yeah. 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 I really resented paying for that lunch. Yes. Disappointing. Yeah. But um, do you want to know how much, eat, how much meat we eat? Yeah, go on. So we eat in the UK. So back in 2013, it was the average consumption was 78 kilos of meat a year for per person. Now, or, or latest figures I've found, 2017, that's gone up to 85. So, you know, presumably by now, sort of five years on, it's it's gone up again. In the but, 90s. but we keep eating more and more meat, basically. And, my, uh, my body weight in meat every year. Yeah. Good, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Don't I try and pretend like... you're 85 kilos. 
No, no, I'm saying I'm at the upper end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're at the 2022 figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, I might actually be in the future. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, apparently, global demand in 2050 has been predicted to, to rise 73% relative to 2010. So, so in 40 years, we're getting towards doubling. And that's mm. because, you know, as, as Dr. Melanie said, you know, there's kind of more meat consumption in the in the developing world. You know, people are pushing meat, you know, they're basically making it because through industrialization, making it more available. But, you know, we um, we sort of, while we might have 100 kilograms of meat a year, um, in the poorest African nations, people are averaging less than 10 kilograms per person per year. So, you know, you, we could eat a lot less, basically. It's it's definitely a choice. Um, and going back to climate change then, presumably... Yeah, sorry, we, we never got onto that, did we? No, no. Um, if you are feeding an average uh, person 90 kilos of meat a year, presumably the emissions associated with that are catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, they're massive. So, so you know, we've got... Um, I mean, they're huge emissions anyway from food production. So 17.3 billion metric tonnes of carbon dioxide per equivalent per year. So that's that's like, you're going for 20 times like what you get from commercial aviation. So everyone sort of wrings their hands about, you know, cheap flights and everything. You know, maybe quite rightly, but actually the way we produce food is, is, is producing 20 times more dangerous emissions. Mm-hmm. So um, 57% of those emissions are related to animal-based foods. Um, so and about 29% is plant-based foods. So, so hang on. So that seems, how's, how's, how's I, don't what, what the, I don't know yeah. what the, I don't know what the other bit is. I don't love your maths. No, no, but um, 14% of just some, something. Yeah. What, what else would there be? Plant-based, animal-based, chemical-based. Uh, Oh yeah, there's plant animals, and then there's the fast food industry, which is basically I don't know what. Must be it must be to do with chemical production. I don't know. Well, anyway, confused by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are a kilogram of beef. They say is seventy one kilograms of carbon dioxide equivalent. Lamb's a bit less, forty kilograms. Pork twelve. Poultry ten. So if you're thinking in terms of climate change, obviously you're not eating beef. Mm. You've got to eat chicken if you're going yeah, to eat meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, the way you also raise chicken's those... chicken's slightly easier to... Um, to you know, battery farm. No, well, yes, but also when I think about the, um, well, <laughs> the death of a chicken, <laughs> it doesn't affect me as much when I think about the, the death of a pig. yeah. Sadly, that might, that might be unfair, but this is, I mean, I think that is how most people are, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. they don't really think of chickens as being deserving of of just carrying on a normal life. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. yeah, yeah. So, so basically, what we've got is one sixth of the global greenhouse emissions are attributable to raising livestock. Yeah, of of whatever. To cows, so, so if you cut meat yeah. out of your diet, or sorry, if we all cut meat out of our diet, if we if we stop that meat producing industry, we would significantly reduce greenhouse gas emissions. But, um, 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 
you know, more than if you just suddenly stopped like driving cars. Like if everyone stopped driving cars, yeah, yeah, have yeah, less yeah. of an impact if everyone stopped yeah. eating meat. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, uh, time for a quick break. When we get back, we'll discuss how bad your, your favourite burger might be for the climate, the future of meat, and then today's question: Will humans always eat meat? then... I mean, I don't know which is going to be worse yeah. for the environment. But. All right. I mean, this is really complicated, right? Yeah. And, and, and actually, I'm not going to give you a straight answer on any of that. I mean, we, okay. know that, we know that flying an avocado halfway across the world is not a great idea. No. Basically. And it's a choice to eat that avocado. You know, you don't need avocado in your diet. No. I, I... So, so that is a choice. But the, when, you're, when you're sort of trying to work out the, the emissions, like... A lot of the emissions from cattle is methane, yes. right, and, and not carbon dioxide. And so then you're in a position where actually methane gets broken up in the atmosphere. So it lasts for about 20 years. But in terms of long-term understanding, you know, long-term impact of climate, it doesn't have one. Although for those 20 years, it is a powerful greenhouse mm-hmm. gas. Mm-hmm. So, so sort of balancing the equations on all of that is definitely difficult. And I don't think that's the thing that's going to make most people give up meat. I just don't think it's going to. I, I, I think we're in a position where, you know, you can make those arguments. And if you're in the position where you're thinking about the climate and you're upset about the climate, then yes, you're probably going to maybe make that decision. I'm not going to eat beef because it's definitely contributing. You can't really exactly say how much, but it is definitely contributing. And so you can opt out of that. But that's a very small percentage of the world population mm. that's eating beef. So you know what you're saying is I'm I don't want to be part of the problem, mm. which is fine, but it's it's probably not going to change a great deal. So so what what about all of the various sort of meat substitutes, the plant based uh, meat like products? Um, so you're sort of you know you 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 beyond meats and and uh, what are the other ones? There's a, there's a few, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. And actually, in fairness, I remember having 
a Beyond Meat burger a couple of years ago, actually. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was amazing. Actually. They're good. Like it, it, it was like eating a, a regular burger. Yeah. Sort of very surprising. But I wonder. Basically, I just wonder what's in them. Well, you, yeah, I mean, and and there's not always clarity about what's in them, and, and there's not always clarity about the the greenhouse gas emissions associated with making them either. Presumably, so, because it's all a bit proprietary as well, and they don't yeah, quite want to it will tell be. their competitors. I mean, what's it's certainly going true on. that like the Beyond Burger, the Impossible Burger. I, I had a, a a Leon veggie burger the other day, and that was really really delicious. And but did it taste of? Did it? Was it like meat? It was or? sort of enough like meat that Meat-ish. I sort of got that that sort of okay. you know, hamburger. It was a bit like a Big Mac. I mean, it tasted mm-hmm, a bit like mm-hmm. a Big Mac because they, they're clever in how they, they put all the flavours together. Big Macs, in fairness, don't taste that much like meat. So they're sort of <laughs> no, you know, meat in exactly. the middle. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably trying to make a Big Mac taste a bit more like the, the plant-based burgers now. But um, So, uh, you know, those, those things are good. They're associated with 98% less greenhouse gas emissions, mm-hmm. according to the sort of official figures. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of them have got into a bit of trouble so beyond me and impossible foods got into a bit of trouble with i think it was in the new york times because they wouldn't disclose exactly like what the the total amounts of sort of greenhouse gas emissions mm. were and and they sort of defend themselves by saying you know it's it's complicated and and but you know at the same time you know it's very clear that they're much better for you in terms of you know what what goes into your body and, and mm-hmm. any sort of cancer causing effects much better for you than than anything you know, that's got meat in it and they're, they're producing far fewer greenhouse gases in order yeah. to make them. So, you know, I mean, so you, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my friend Alfie, who's a, a comedian and check him out on. Uh, I've seen him. I AB. saw him at Edinburgh. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he's, he's very good at AB comedian on, on Twitter and Instagram. I think if you want to follow him, he used to do a joke, which I, which is a risky joke. Um, I think makes a really good point. His his thing is, isn't it mad to be vegan but want to eat something that still tastes like meat, like yeah. a facsimile of of meat? Like you you can't you can't resist the uh, the lure of a, of a, <laughs> a dead animal. Yeah, and he's like, would you know? So would you think it was acceptable if I was just masturbating? to images of child porn that I'd hand-drawn, <laughs> which would always divide a room. <laughs> I, I loved it because I genuinely I think, A, it's, it's funny, and B, it's a really good point because he's like, well, that's not harming any... It's not harming a kid. It just looks like, you know, kiddie porn, and I've drawn it myself. So no, no one is being harmed by that. So what? So what's your problem? I'm literally if, not commenting on it, anything. But you see, you, yeah, I see the point. It's a good point, I think. I'm not sure if it's a good point. I think, I think, it is I think a it's good, a good joke. I'm yeah, not sure yeah. it's a good point. I think it's both. Yeah, yeah. You probably had to be there in the room. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, in fairness, a lot of people felt they didn't need to be there in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. A, I mean, this is a, a thing that Philippa says because she's never eaten meat. She doesn't like meat. Doesn't like the taste, texture. You know, mm. nothing about it appeals to her. And she doesn't understand why people need to, you know, eat burgers that are sort of imitating meat to the point where, you know, they're dripping red juice. Yeah. But I completely do mm. because I love a burger. I love yeah. a beef burger. And actually, you know, it just hits some of those points that you go to a burger for. 
And if you can do that while you're eating something that's producing far less greenhouse gases, using less water, less land, and we haven't even talked about sort of land use for for feeding cattle. No, no, and and actually, what has to make way? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for so, that. Land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, there's lots of issues of why mm. we should eat less meat. And we're not even going to go into the um, the whole sort of issues of consciousness and, and everything else. Maybe we'll save that for another episode. But, yeah, uh, but, well, I'm going to... So, can, can I move us on to um, something that, that gets mentioned quite a lot in this context, which is insects. So, insects, immediately, everyone, fit on that sort of yeah, like, vague yeah, consciousness yeah, yeah, scale, yeah. you're like, fuck them. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's okay. And actually, I don't really, like... I don't particularly subscribe to that, but I think a lot of people... Do. I definitely do. Um, and insects are, well, cold, I was going to say cold blooded. I mean, they don't have blood. Uh, they're sort <laughs> of, you know, they're, they're, they're just weird, aren't they? Insects. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're pretty good at converting um, food into, like, into, into, protein. In, 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 into protein. Yeah, yeah. So they're quite, and, and that's so, on that basis, they're quite an appealing possible meat substitute, aren't they? Appealing is, is the word there that, that needs some kind of support. All, all, all right, all right. Let, let, let me just... What uh, Dr. I'll, Melanie had to say. I think it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get a lot of people in the population and various populations on board with eating insects. I mean, that would be overriding a lot of aversion, you know, aversion that's already there. And it's really unnecessary. Um, I mean, we have alternatives. We have fantastic alternatives that come from plants. I mean, today, there are so many plant products and, and really like natural, you know, pure form plant products. We can eat beans instead of beef and, you know, reduce our carbon footprint significantly and not worry about creating yet another set of individuals that we then end up killing and feeding to humans unnecessarily. I'm totally with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, when you put it like that, you're like, we're just swapping out one group of animals for some others and saying, right, you're you're, you're on the block now. Which are far less appealing. And and require you know still require lots of processing and stuff that 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 plants just don't. I mean, let's just go back to eating more there's plants. A, there's a bit of cultural stuff going on here though. Yeah, because I remember in Mexico years ago, just going to you, you go through the markets and they'd have sort of big baskets full of sort of spicy fried insects, and people yeah. were just sort of buying them as a as a snack. I had some; they were delicious. Were they? Yeah, really good. Really good. It's just like a nice, savoury snack. Is it like pork crackling? Little bit. Yeah, not quite as tasty, <laughs> but um, but good. And also just like seasoned nicely. I mean, anything yeah, once yeah. it's seasoned is all right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Our aversion to eating insects is, I don't think it's common across the board. No, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because I sort of feel like, you know, if you're, if you're living in a culture where eating insects is fine, then you're probably going to be eating insects and you're probably not going to be eating a lot of meat anyway. So what we're talking about is sort of yeah. that switch from you know, people who are used to eating lots of meat and saying to them, right, you know, you can't eat lots of meat anymore, but you can have these insects or you can have these plant 
based foods. Mm. And I think most of those people would choose because you know because the, of the culture they're coming from, they won't choose the insects. They'll they'll actually choose the plant based food yeah, if they, yeah. once they've tried it and found that it's actually delicious. There's quite a few um, startups around though, aren't there, that have been trying to crack this, but for this how sort of insect long? insect protein yeah, yeah. Um, thing. I mean, has anyone made you know just a basic insect burger? <laughs> I actually don't know that, but it's certainly not taking off in the same no. way that plant-based stuff is. No, no. You know, you're not getting them in Tesco's, are you? Whereas now you've got the massive amount of plant-based stuff in in Tesco's. That's that's actually, yeah, and, it and does, all other supermarkets, it and it's and it's there. The insects thing is just not going to happen. No, I and don't it think does it's going to happen. Just come down to, uh, aside from lots of people having an aversion, it really does come down to it's a mad thing to say ah shouldn't be uh, killing all these animals to eat. We should be killing different animals to eat. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that just can't be the solution. I'll tell you it? where insects might work better, and that's in pet food. So yeah, yeah. about a yeah. third of the meat that we prepare, for want of a better word, goes into pet food. And actually, wow. you can replace all of that with insects, and and nobody's complaining, basically. So we give Rafi some in, insect-based Food now and not oh, she's fine with it yeah and and it's sort don't of, give a shit do they it's, no of course she doesn't give it I mean she eats shit off the pavement it's yeah. been there for three weeks <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> but but actually you know you can make insect based pet foods mm. that are nutritious and and you know as good for you probably better for you in fact you can even do vegan um, pet food that's better nutritionally than than traditional meat based pet foods and so so you know you can. But the insect food is expensive, right? I mean, this is the other thing is, uh, you know, there's a reason why that meat gets put into dog food. It's, it's just about fit for consumption, but it yeah, doesn't have to say, be. I mean, that, that meat is not um, organic free range meat. And it's it? cheap. Yeah. Which makes the dog food cheap. Yeah. Right? But That's insects, coming out of the mega farms. Yeah. Insects are, mm. are not quite so cheap. Uh, there's a mouse I've meat got, prototype for freaked... cats, by the way. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, once the scientists are done with the mice, yeah. Well, then... I mean, literally, um, they're saying that it's better. Like you know, you know, people talk about oh, you know, we're going to culture, you know, culture meat uh, in petri dishes so that we don't have to kill animals for it and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but if you just use mouse meat, there's no regulation on it at all. You can basically just, just knock yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, there's just no red tape. Presumably, uh, lab. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about lab-grown meat for. Decades, yeah, um, and it's not really advancing. Although there are some people have got licenses for big old facilities, haven't they? Recently, yeah, to try and yeah to sort of mass producing because at the minute it's incredibly expensive. Yeah, and don't you still have to kill animals? I to, think you do to produce so is, them. I remember writing about this ages ago when. Um, What's it? Is it Peter? The people for the ethical treatment of animals. Yeah, they were championing this this new like cultured burger and saying, "Oh, this is the future, you know, mm. and we can have cruelty free meat." And and in order to culture those cells, you have to uh, grow them in a thing called bovine fetal serum, which is just as the name suggests, yeah, yeah. made from bovine fetuses. So so you've got these pregnant cows being taken to the abattoir so that you can pull out the serum from their mm. from their uterus. Mm. Again, you know, this is not 
cruelty free. Yeah, and you it, like this, Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not great. And and people are trying to develop alternatives. But basically all of like, you know, the, that, that kind of branch of biology where you're trying to, you know, grow stem cells and everything else needs this stuff still mm. to, to effectively culture um, culture biological cells. So, so I just feel like that's never going to happen either. Mm. That's a bit like the insects. And the other thing about that is I feel it's a bit like the geoengineering. So, you know, when we talked about you know, carbon capture technologies and, and yeah. uh, how technology is going to solve the climate crisis. Yeah. Actually, it's not. It's really expensive and difficult and is not working very well after decades of effort. And I think it's the same thing with the cultured meat. Yeah, it's the refuge of the techno-optimist, yeah, isn't it? Really? exactly. Mm. And, and then, I, I and always... then it becomes a problem because you're actually, you know, you're delaying the transition to, you know, people just accepting they can eat plant-based foods and, yeah. and, and, you know, and thus, you know, you're sort of prolonging the problems of climate change. You know, carbon capture and, and cultured meat are probably both doing the same, you know, job in terms of actually not helping. Yeah, because I'd always sort of hoped that lab-grown meat was going to be the answer for me. Because it would, in fairness, if you could do it without killing any animals, then it's sort of guilt-free. But I think the the environmental impact is going to be pretty awful still. Um, and and also it just doesn't you just seem don't, don't need to do it do seem we? viable no or like it's going to be happening anytime anytime soon yeah. so we'll probably have to discount that so all right then will humans always eat meat I think no and I don't really know what on what time frame but I really yeah I pretty strongly feel that we're gonna move away from it because it's hard to it's just really hard to justify. But I think it's really hard to imagine a time when everyone's going to listen to us. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, I, but a lot of people are going to say, do you know what? I don't care. I like it. It's there. I'm going to have it. It's cheap. But do you not think there will come a time when it, it, it sort of goes back to being like a real treat? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, so maybe we'll eat a lot less meat in the future. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, and one yeah. of the problems is you get these sort of massive lobbying efforts that come from the meat industry so we got contacted actually our producers said we got an email from somebody who's working with um vegan food producers and saying there's no vegan food lobbyists in parliament but there's absolutely tons of meat industry lobbyists in parliament so legislation is always on the side of of the meat producing industry so again that's another hurdle that has to be overcome anyway so let's hear what dr melanie had to say It seems very clear to me that the combination of technology, awareness raising, and sheer necessity is driving us away from eating animals more quickly than I ever imagined that I would see this. And I believe that even though we need so-called transition products today because we're all so conditioned to associate eating animals' bodies with pleasure, I think that in the future we're probably not even going to want those transition products. So just like most of us would not want a a mock baby burger burger because we don't eat human babies today. We probably won't be craving a plant-based version or any version of a cow or pig or chicken burger in the future because the idea of eating other beings' flesh and, and you know dairy and eggs is probably going to be disgusting to us when we're no longer conditioned to override that experience of disgust. Well, yeah, I mean, she had me at a mock baby burger. <laughs> uh, 
wasn't expecting that from Dr. Melanie. No, no, no. So, well, but I see what she's saying. She makes a good point, doesn't she? Yeah. I don't agree that dairy and eggs is going to go. I don't think we'll stop eating dairy and eggs. Mm, but Not on a global scale, definitely. Maybe. But it all sort of ties into the same thing, though, doesn't it? Ultimately. Yeah. Like the, the reasons not to eat meat, okay, they're not exactly the same as the reasons not to eat dairy, but there's a lot of overlap. There is, but there's not as much overlap. And I think it's it's expecting a lot of people, if you're asking them to give, them, give up but, uh, keeping chickens, having eggs, and then, you know, they're... But if you think about, so, <sighs> like, margarine is basically an absolutely fine butter substitute. All of the not. N- non-dairy milks have, have like, m- their popularity is massively increased. They are, but I mean... And they're pretty good. They are good. Almond milk is environmentally hugely problematic, isn't it? Because the amount of water that goes into b- growing Luckily, almonds... It's not very nice. Yeah, so, yeah. So oat, yeah, not go oat every go oat. time. Yeah. And you can make your own oat milk. I mean, Can you? Apparently, yeah. Good God. So you have to soak oats in in water and then sort of squeeze it oh, can through we just some, turn sort of, off uh, some sort of muslin. I mean, I'm not doing it, but apparently you can do it. Yeah, I'm not doing that. No, 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 obviously not. Okay, so we'll obviously be dead, but what do you reckon? 100 years time? 100 years time, I think we'll be eating far less beef. That's, that's, as, that's as far as I'll go. I think we're r- really rarely eating meat by that point. Really? Yeah. You have more faith in humanity than I do. Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, Dr. Melanie Joy. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 